Our Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening with much thanksgiving. We thank you for Christ, that he is our Savior, our friend, um, the Savior of our race. It's him that we adore. It's because of him that we are gathered here this evening. And even especially considering the whole matter of marriage. We ask, therefore, Lord, that you would be with us this evening as we consider this, this matter. Uh, whatever we'll be considering this evening is quite plain and simple and straightforward. Therefore, Lord, we pray that you may help us to understand it, to not only have head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Grant, O oh Lord, that you would be glorified in our midst, um, that none of us would come out of this place without having learnt anything. Bless our time together, Lord. May you be glorified by our gathering. Hear our prayer, Lord, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'd like to request you to turn to chapter 25 of the Confession of Marriage. Of Marriage. Um, if you I believe that I have given everyone their personal copy of the confession, so if you get mine, uh, put it back when you leave. Um, chapter 25 of marriage. So, so last week we began um, this chapter on marriage. We considered the first paragraph. Um, the, the chapter is fairly straightforward. Um, there are no uh, difficult things to to battle with as, as as such, although the things that are here are very important, especially in the day and time that we are we are living. Last week we considered that marriage is monogamous, and that we that we saw from paragraph one. We saw that marriage, <clears throat> if you're there, says marriage is to be between one man. And one woman, neither is it lawful for any man to have more than one wife, nor for any woman to have more than one husband at the same time. And so we saw that um, the Bible prohibits polygamy because it very directly advocates for monogamy. Because God created Adam and Eve, made them man and wife, Therefore, marriage should be between one man and one woman. That's what we read there. Between one man and one woman. Um, it's, 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 it's not lawful for any man to have more than one wife. It's not lawful for any woman to have more than one, one husband at the same time. So, so this does not mean that if your spouse uh, dies... You can't marry. Um, it's just saying that at the same time, you can't have more than one spouse. Um, we were able to see that uh, by implication, um, the, the institution or ordinance of marriage prohibits marriage between uh, people of the same gender or the same sex. Um, <clears throat> men cannot marry men, women cannot marry women, because God instituted marriage to be between one man and one woman, um, or the other way around, one woman and one man, and, 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 and not people who are uh, of the same gender. The Bible says that uh, men marrying men is an abomination, and, and we have to say that very clearly in the day and time that we are living in. 
we have to point it out very strongly especially because we live in a day and time where people want to be all sorts of things right people want to be gender fluid for example not to be referred to as men or as women just just there just being just being there um they can decide whatever they want to be um the bible makes it very clear that there are only men and there are only women and then people want to engage in sexual relations with anyone they want eh? others want to men want to engage in immorality with men women want to do that with women others want to be bisexual if you've heard something like that um and there are all sorts of things that people want to engage in what the bible calls sexual immorality um so so what we have in this first paragraph is a clear definition of terms especially be, uh, because of the institution of marriage is between one man and one woman um now because of the duties that we are going to consider or the purposes of marriage that we will be considering in paragraph 2 uh, you realize that they, they they come after we have understood what marriage is um it's that institution that god has put in place um as we are going to see for the purposes of companionship because when god created adam it was not good for him to be alone then for procreation and then for sexual purity as we are going to see uh, this evening so look with me that the second paragraph today's um consideration would be fairly short and i'm hoping that we will spend some time in prayer after we are done with this second paragraph it reads marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue and the preventing of uncleanness again marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue and the preventing of uncleanness now think with me and tell me what is that paragraph telling us why would anyone want to get married mm. what is the purpose of marriage mm. and it gives clearly uh, god's purpose for marriage yeah so the paragraph before us is telling us why was marriage put there by god why did god have marriage as a creation ordinance alongside work and the sabbath marriage was created by god for three reasons first reason is companionship marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife now go with me to genesis chapter 2 18. So you know you, you may well know the story of Genesis the beginnings there God create creating the universe he's created everything in the span of 6 days he is also created he's also made man um he has fashioned Adam from the dust of the ground um Adam has been put in the ground uh, so sorry in the in the garden to be able to to work the ground 
and to be able to uh, you know domineer to um name the 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 the, the animals so we read there that um god created everything and he he saw that it was good in everything that god made god saw that it was good apart from one thing that he had made adam and adam was alone that very fact was not we, we are told that it was not good then in chapter 2 verse 18 we read then the lord god said it is not good that the man should be alone i will make him a helper fit for him so so we see there that while god created everything and it was good the fact that the man was good the man was alone um god god said that it was not good for him to be alone and so he made he made a helper for him a helper fit for him uh god made adam a helper for his help that's what you told there and then the the confession says that marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife the mutual help of husband and wife is is, is like the basic reason for marriage the foundational reason is that they they uh, complement one another they they be companions a, a, a marriage that is childless because of god's providence um is no less a marriage when you get married and you don't get children that that's that's not less of a marriage because one of the purposes of marriage is companionship um so so that uh, um god in his providence may decide that you not get children but the very fact that god brings two people together a man and a woman in marriage is so that they may be companions um so god gave eve to adam um and the bible says there in genesis 2:18 that god made a helper fit for him is that what we read it says i will make him a helper fit for him um is there any any question or comment there it's important to notice chapter 1 verse 27 or we can begin from verse 26 of genesis it says then god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them so 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 the very idea of companionship um in marriage shows that god makes ma- makes man and woman the same in his image they are equal in the sense that god has made them in his image um the man is not better than the woman the woman is not better than the man when they come together they come both bearing the image of god as image bearers and therefore their companionship should be looked at from those lenses that they are both image bearers they they both bear the image of god and and so then they are to be companions um yes when man and woman come together in marriage they 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 reflect the image of god and they reflect the godhead by portraying that unity in three persons god the father god the son god the holy spirit 
and therefore it is through that plurality that the image of God is being depicted and um, man has not God, God has not planned that man should be alone um, you can imagine yourself living your whole life after campus alone it is it is a terrible life isn't it uh, that's not the way god has has designed it and any attempts by man to thwart the plan and the purposes of god is 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 a downward spiral because that's not the way god has designed things to be yeah when the man and the woman come together in marriage um i don't know how to ask this but uh, <clears throat> what does what does the bible say that no one should do to that union union when they have been brought together sorry yes no one should put asunder no one should bring a separation not even those people that are married uh, bible nasema when god brings two people together let no man put us under now go with me to proverbs chapter 2 proverbs chapter 2 if you've read the proverbs you know um the constant exhortation to the young man not to follow the adulteress the adulterous woman and in proverbs chapter 2 and verse 16 we are told of the value of wisdom so we are told that wisdom is like this treasure that preserves us um and then from verse 16 we are told so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman now this is my son that is being spoken directly to by Solomon there in verse 1 says my son if you receive my words and 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 treasure up my commandments with you making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding and then look at verse 16 it says so you will be delivered from the forbidden woman from the adulteress with her smooth words who forsakes the companion of high youth you see the language that the bible uses this woman when she's departing from her home and going after this young man what is she doing she's forsaking the companion of her youth she's forsaking that uh, union that god has brought he, brought her with her husband and she's doing that which god forbids the breaking of that covenant by uh, forsaking the companion of her youth and that 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 there is aimed to show to show you that uh, um, marriage is at the basic foundational level uh, uh, in its purpose is companionship friendship Go to Malachi. Someone read for us Malachi chapter 2 verse 14. Malachi 2:14. But you say, why does he not because the lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth to whom you have been faithless 
So you see there that in this marriage covenant, uh, the purpose that God has brought these this people together is companionship. So, so this, ma- this man who um, is faithless um, breaks this covenant by forsaking the companion or by being faithless or unfaithful to the companion that God has given him. She is your companion and your wife by covenant. That's what we read there. Um, and so in this whole matter of companionship is the attachment, uh, the, the attachment of the whole concept of divorce. When divorce happens, uh, one of the purposes of marriage is looked down upon. That which is companionship. Is there any any comment or question? This is not an indictment against those who are not married. <laughs> I guess most of you are single and you are quiet. Uh, but it is mm-hmm. to say that if you're not married, you should be striving towards getting married because the Bible says that is good. God says that is good. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the design God has for you. For someone to say, um, I want to live my life happy, I don't want to be disturbed, I don't want children, it is, it is, to, be, it is to be selfish first of all, because you're saying you want your life to revolve around you, you don't want to pour your life to others, you don't want to share your life with others, you're being selfish. And I think also it is to be foolish, because you're denying, you're robbing yourself that opportunity, the privileges, the blessings, the benefits that are there in marriage, that you're saying, I don't want to be part of those benefits, part of those uh, goodness that comes with marriage. So it's foolishness, it's selfishness, and that is not how God has designed you. Uh, you need companionship, you need, um, you need to propagate the human race you need to 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 raise up godly children so that those godly children can reflect the glory of god and can take forth the gospel even further yeah the second purpose that we see there for marriage is for the increase of mankind the increase of mankind Marriage is ordained for the mutual help of the husband and wife for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue. And so it's not only that marriage is there for companionship, it's also that marriage is there for procreation, the increase of mankind. You you can't get married and not want children. Um, the purpose, the, the, the other purpose for getting married is um, for the increase of mankind. Um, so, so that when God grants marriage, um, he enables children to be born in, in marriage. Um, now, this is not to say that people who are married will always get children because we know that we live in a fallen world. 
and we know that God in his providence may decide otherwise as we clearly see in the scriptures when God shuts uh, uh, the wombs of some women and so it's not to say that people when people get married they must inevitably get children um, it's, it's not quite a must because they might be unable to get children um, but then God enables children to be born when people get married um, so that the way we know that this is this is a, a purpose of one of the purposes of marriage is is God God tells Adam and Eve to increase multiply and to, to fill the earth we also we also see that uh, having many children in the old testament was considered a blessing a, a blessing from the lord um yeah look with me there at genesis 1:28 genesis 1:28 Someone, someone read that for us. there that God God blesses them. He has created them male and female in his image and then he blesses them and he tells them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the heavens. He, he, he tells them to have children, to have many children, to increase to multiply um, and so another purpose of getting married uh, those of you that will get married is to have children to uh, increase increase the human race <laughs> yes so, so we don't believe that uh, you must have many children per se because family planning is permissible um, um, it's, it's permissible for various reasons. You may have health issues. Um, you may not be able to, to care for as many children as you would want. But then the attitude of the Christian is you get married to have children. The, the attitude that we have in the 21st century of getting few children uh, is, is not rooted in legitimate reasons. You know that, eh? I want two children, two perfect children. No, I want a dining table that has... No, that, that, that uh, kind of attitude that is there in the 21st century is rooted in selfishness. And not because there are legitimate reasons why I can't get many children. Uh, others, others hide behind the financial situation kind of thing. And you realize that we also live in a society where people don't quite work hard. The, the way you're able to provide for, for people, or the way I would be able to provide for my family, is by working hard. But then we live in a society where men, especially, don't want to work hard. People want to get quick money very easily without sweating. And you, of course, know the curse of the man is toiling and sweating. But then the, Bi the Bible is clear that uh, the other purpose for getting married is to have children. Let's go to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. 
someone read for us verse 4 and verse 11 So this is one of those long chapters in the book of Deuteronomy. And it's long because we are given, you know, the, the, in the old covenant, God gives his people the blessings of obeying him and the curses of disobeying him. And so th these are some of the blessings of obedience to God that he gives to his people in the old covenant. Among other things that God will bless them, what will, what will he do? He blesses the fruit of the womb. He grants children. Now, in the new covenant, it must be the aim of every Christian couple to get children. Again, we live in a day and time where people don't want children simply because they don't want children. And that's not, that, that's not reason, that's disobedience. When God brings two people together to get married, it's for companionship, friendship. It's for procreation, that they may get children. Any, any question or comment there? climate change movement that says that uh, we are overpopulated, uh, that uh, we need to, to cut on carbon emission, we need to have less children, uh, but you have to realize that uh, God has not said when human population reaches 8 billion, we are overpopulated, isn't it? There's, there's, a, there's, there's a large section of this world that has no people. There's so mm. many places that has, have no people. Mm. And, and, and God's command is be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the earth is not yet filled, isn't it? Mm. There's so many empty places. And God's desire is that when we multiply, when we are many, we are imaging God in the world, like in this whole world, be it major, we are we are we are reflecting God's image in the universe, and that's the and that's the aim that God desires that man may multiply and fill the earth, and um, and to be and be fruitful. Yeah. So, so to to walk away really from God's design, God's design for man is is the society will just crumble. Look at what is happening in Europe. Um, <clears throat> the native Europeans are no longer having children. Or they are getting married and they are not having children. Some are not even getting married because their society has been secularized. And now you have the Muslims who have immigrated there. They are having five to six children per family. And Europe is being how can you say that? Islamicized. It's mm. becoming an Islam country uh, because of now Muslims who have moved there. And you see, when, when man walks away from God's design and he, he decides to do their own thing, people nowadays talk of, talk of, I want to be happy. Marriage is stressful. Having children is difficult. Uh, choosing to do that, choosing to walk away from God's design, 
is a problem for the society and the society will 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 crumble mm. yeah yeah i think there's i think another country also is japan um you you have a country where young generation stopped giving birth so there's a population decrease and now there's no workforce uh and so they have to mechanize things mm. so that uh, so that robots and such things can can do work because there are no young people there are less and less people while there's more and more work and so any attempt by man to to change god's design has as painful consequences mm. uh, even as we see in the world yeah true true and this is not a perfect example but if your parents thought the way you think today would you be here <laughs> huh? sorry <laughs> yeah of course it's not a perfect example because different people are born under different circumstances but then the point is made that um if my parents had simply decided my my duty is to be happy to enjoy life i don't want children i would never be born you you would never be born um but then but then as christians <clears throat> we believe that uh, all in god's providence eh? all in god's providence god decides when we will be born where we will be born who our parents will be um and he does that meticulously in his wisdom uh combining it with human responsibility um and bringing even even bringing good out of men's evil activities Sorry, the 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 issue <coughs> surrogates. Uh-huh. Can you explain what surrogates are for those that may not know? Surrogates are those people. For example, let's say couples they can't get children. So they have their. What do you call them? They have someone else carry the pregnancy for them. And someone else to carry the pregnancy for them mm-hmm. like uh, like like Abraham and Sarah no no no, no. Mm-hmm. like like some like your egg and your wife's eggs are taken and planted in this person's womb so this person carries your pregnancy Is anyone someone that takes my eggs, sets eggs, they put it in someone else, and that person becomes a surrogate because they have. Whose child? Whose child will the the, the whose our baby? Our baby. So sometimes some are paid, some can be friends, some get their people, but there are people who are paid to be surrogates. Oh wow! I did not think about that when I was preparing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, is there anyone that has a, a response to that? So, so what do we do with such cases? Yeah, if we try to call the majority, they were saying that uh, it's good for those who can get children. It will help them in a way. But on the other hand, the argument is that this child will be separated from the mother. So so who will breastfeed the child? Um when the child is born who will breastfeed the child? 
adding it. Yeah, they can take the child um, as as soon as the child is born, and since most of the time they are rich, they can be. Okay. Okay. Oh. I think it's ungodly though. Yeah. I think in my opinion, I think it's ungodly because it's like you're, you're defying God's providence. You think you're wiser than providence when you decide that this we can we can get children, but we can get children by someone else. Yeah. Plus, I don't know. Like I'm not sure you can really, really say you're someone's mother for the for the woman because like it's tough it's just your your eggs yeah I think my first instinct when I hear that is I mean that's not how God tells us to have children right um and 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 that kind of you know puts that woman carrying that child in a category that is not there. If, if you get what I mean, like, will they get a husband? Will they tell, I mean, if they get a spouse, what will they tell them they did? Why they are not, they're not a virgin, for example. Um, but then that's not God's design for how to get children. I mean, there's a very small... Uh, you know, very slight difference between that and what Sarah does with Abraham, right? Mm. I mean, there's very slight difference. Um, but then we also have a category of people in the world who've decided they don't want men. They just want children. Yeah? There's that category of women in the world who say, I don't need men. I can survive by myself, but I want to have children. So, so what do we do with those, those ones as well? So, so I think the best thing for us would be to stick to God's design. God has already given us a design. We should not get out of it at whatever costs. If we can't get children, uh, you know, it's God's providence. And because of that, then... Uh, I don't think I would I would think it to be right. It's not right. It's not right, although I will I will put more thought into it as we continue with this. But I don't think it is it's unbiblical for sure. Um Yeah. One one could easily say that it's treating people as uh, incubators. Right? You take the child and. Yeah. That's a good question. third and uh, final purpose that we're given there for marriage is the preventing of uncleanness. So marriage was ordained for the mutual help of husband and wife, companionship, for the increase of mankind with a legitimate issue for procreation. Um, and then it's also given for the preventing of uncleanness or what you'd call uh, chastity, sexual purity, 
um, God gives marriage so that he may prevent sexual immorality. Uh, we have that in 1 Corinthians. You can turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And so God, um, God created us with sexual desires. And I think it's important that we say that sexual desires are not evil. They're not bad. They're not from the devil. Um, sexual desires are good. But then they are, they are only to be satisfied in the context of marriage. That's why God gave marriage, so that those desires may be satisfied. Um, someone read First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 and 2, and verse 9. Verse 9. Yes. So you see there that um, God gave marriage so that sexual immorality may be avoided. Um, because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Now that points us back to the first, the first paragraph in the confession which says that uh, one man should marry one woman. It's a one man, one woman business. Um, so each man should have his own wife, each woman should have her own husband. And, 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 and that's given to us so that sexual purity may be maintained. We also have that in verse 9. Um, there is the whole matter of self-control. Um, Paul recommends, he says, to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry. And please, please, do not underestimate the statement exercising self-control. Self-control is, is especially in this, in this matter of, of uh, sexual purity, is absolutely necessary. Um, so we are told there that they should marry. It's better to marry than to burn with passion. Because there is a temptation to sexual um, immorality, everyone should, every man should have her own, his, his own wife, and woman, the woman should have her own husband. Um, now, <clears throat> for how long should people who are in a relationship stay before they marry? How long are you intending to stay in a relationship before you marry? Let's answer the first question. The first question is fairly easy. Yeah. 
yeah there's no there's no standard um but then um this this last purpose of marriage um appears to me to tell us that that period should not be long sindio it shouldn't be long um people should not date for such a long period of time because you realize that there is that temptation <coughs> to sexual immorality um and it is a reality we we should not act as though because we are christians we are not tempted like that i mean paul is writing to the corinthians the saints at corinth so so he knows that um it's a present reality in the lives of god's people and so when you get into a relationship it should be your aim not to date for 10 years 5 years <laughs> eh you want to date for so long <laughs> no, no. You should you should you should aim to date for a short period of time. You should aim to get to know each other for a short period of time. Um I'm saying this out of experience. I'm I'm married. I I we dated for how long? 3 years, I think. Three and a half years. That's such a long period of time. If I were to do it again, I wouldn't. I wouldn't date for for that long. It should be a short period of time. You get to know each other. Make sure that you're in the context of a local church. There are other people who know you. You have pastors over you and such things, so that it's not so long because of this third purpose, the temptation to sexual immorality. so people should not people should not have sex outside of marriage it doesn't matter what the society says it doesn't matter what the statistics are it doesn't matter what the world says god has said it it is final case closed people getting people having sex outside of marriage are committing fornication they are breaking the is it the seventh commandment thou shall not commit adultery yes so, so don't be deceived if you if you've had sex out of marriage you should repent you should ask god to forgive you it's a serious matter God designed sex to be had in the context of marriage. That's what we read here that because of the temptation to sexual immorality, people should get married. Should get married. I'm thinking about your question. It's such a such a huge topic. how should people conduct themselves in a relationship eh? such a huge um let, let's hear from people that have married watu wameona wameolewa should go to church uh, you should uh, date in public places um you should you should not be in a relationship secretly um contribute contribute 
Men jag ska bara säga det. Vi kan prata om det efter det meeting. Tycker du kunde säga? Is there any question or comment regarding that last purpose for marriage there before we finish? I'd like us to end it there. Marriage is a good thing, as as Pasi has told us uh, over and over again. It's a good thing because it was created by God. When God says it is not good for Adam to be alone, we understand that to mean that it is good for him to have a helper that is fit for him. So these are not these purposes of marriage, companionship, uh, procreation, and chastity, sexual purity, are not only for Christians, because marriage is not only for Christians. Marriage is a creation ordinance. It's like work. Even non-Christians should work hard. Even non-Christians should marry. They should give it, they should be given the right to marry because they are created in the image of God as we as we see there. But then that does not mean that because they are not Christians, they can go about marriage the way they want. Marriage is, has been created for companionship. Marriage has been created for procreation, and marriage has been created for sexual purity. And you realize that those are very important uh, things because of how the world views marriage. Senor. I mean, we have now people or wives, wives or husbands not caring whether their spouses are faithful. Senor. They don't care whether, whether they, they have panguacando, uh, what they call side chicks today, or, uh, or sidekicks, or whatever. The world doesn't care. And as Christians, we have to say that that is sin. And we should be disgusted when we, when, we, when we hear such things, when we see such things. It should bring us, it should bring us to our knees to pray, to pray that, uh, that God may grant righteousness. Because you realize that the more people get, become wicked, the more the ju- judgment of God falls on, on a people. And that's, what, that's what's happening to the U.S., for example. And, and it's quickly, quickly approaching and, and coming to us as well. Sindio. And so, so we have to condemn such. If you hear your friends speaking like that and you're a Christian and you keep quiet, you're, you're passively encouraging them. Passively participating in their wickedness. You should tell them, Bana, you're in wickedness, you're wrong. It's not right. It's not right for any, any man or any woman to have sexual relations outside marriage. To refuse to have children and say, I, I want to be happy. I don't want the burden. It's selfishness. to look for another companion when you, when you have a, a, a wife or a husband is sin. Is there any other comment or question before I close? So if we've considered marriage as monogamous, um, then today we've considered that uh, 
marriage has those three purposes there. Um, companionship, um, procreation, and sexual purity. And then next week we will consider the restrictions on marriage. Um, Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for giving us an opportunity to be able to consider this matter of marriage. We ask that you help us to think very soberly in light of living in a fallen world. We pray that you'd help us not to be partakers with, uh, uh, with evildoers, especially because of how rampant wickedness is regarding this matter of marriage in our day and time. We pray that we may be salt and light to this dying world, like the Lord Jesus Christ has made us to be by saving us. We pray that you may shape our minds the way we think about this, uh, those that are married, that they would walk faithfully, that the young people here that are not yet married, that you would grant them soberness, mm as they think about this whole matter of marriage, so that they would tread carefully. Because once one gets in, uh, there's no getting out. Uh, please help us with these things. Uh, grant that we would be read of all false ways of thinking about it and all sin. Uh, hear us, Lord, for we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.